welcome to the Lime Lou podcast, where we get behind the buzz of sustainability and talk to the people building our greener tomorrow. The idea behind the podcast comes from the fact that through our work at Lime Loop, we've had the amazing opportunity to meet people who are working really hard behind the scenes to create a brighter future for all of us. And we really felt like it was through their stories that we can, one, gain some hope about our future, especially in a year like we've had, and two, figure out ways that we can get involved and join them in this fight, which is why I'm really happy to have my first guest for today, Ashley Etling. Uh, my business partner and CEO of Lime Loop and, and Sacrificial Lamb and Guinea Pig for the Lime Loop podcast. So thank you so much for joining. Well, I'm happy to be the guinea pig. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So I thought we'd start with a set of kind of rapid fire, uh, getting to know you icebreakers. My, my ultimate goal is to kind of build out the persona of a sustainability leader through these podcasts. And so starting to get some of these answers and then you'll be featured in a book someday. <laughs> Um, so what's a new quarantine hobby that you've uh, picked up? Well, one, I think you'll be able to guess, uh, it's definitely in the food realm. I think still cooking a lot, but you know, think some things have shifted where we used to go pick up pizza dough, at the local pizzeria for pizza Sunday. It's a tradition. We started with the family where we have more easing into the week, I guess, and having Barolo and um, pizza but with quarantine that turned into us making our own pizza which brought back this old hobby of something we used to do back in san francisco which is like the rumor would spread that someone had tartine starter and you'd you know go for it and try to make your own pizza dough or bread and so that was really rejuvenated and i think a second one i didn't think that would ever really come back into my life is playing basketball. Um, my son recently got one of those indoor basketball hoops. So I think we wake up regularly with um, this saying that he says, which is nothing but net. <laughs> <laughs> so we're often found um, shooting hoops. That's amazing. So you've been able to maintain your starter through all of quarantine is what I'm hearing. So far, so good. Yeah. Well, okay. So I had one that went bad and now we're back and it's been, it's been going for about six months now. That's incredible. I think mine lasted all of a month and then I'm like, I'm feeding this more than I'm actually baking bread. So I, <laughs> so I let it go. Um, on the food train, what are you most likely to have for breakfast? Well, we, I think we have four breakfast. I, I finally added up. We start with some waffles. We make them on uh, Saturdays and kind of put them in the fridge and then throw them in the oven in the morning. And then we make a smoothie usually. And then, you know, with being up really early by 10 o'clock comes around ready for the next breakfast, which is okay. usually oatmeal or uh, granola and yogurt. Awesome. Love it. Uh, what are your hours like? What time do you go to bed? What time do you normally wake up? Yeah, growing up, we were definitely known as the family that early to bed and early to rise. And I think that still holds very true. We're usually in bed while well, I am by nine o'clock and up by 435. And, um, you know, we used to give my father a lot of trouble for it. And now right. I find myself more and more kind of settling into his ways, which is, which is really good. Yeah, good wisdom. All- Exactly. That's always my plan, but it, it somehow like 12 o'clock rolls around. I'm like, how am I still up? What am I doing? Oh yeah. I get those slaps from you. <laughs> so I'm like, maybe I just won't send it. I'll just leave it there until the morning to hit send. Like, no, I'll forget it. <laughs> All right. Last icebreaker. Um, if you weren't an entrepreneur, what would you be doing? Probably something in food and wine. 
And um, I always said too, if I, if I didn't get into entrepreneurship, I'd probably still be in school because one way or another, you're constantly learning. And I think that's something with food and wine as well. While they seem so simple, you can, there's endless opportunities for both. For sure. Yeah. I was trying to think of like what my answer would And similarly, I think if there's something about like building and making and, mm-hmm. and food, especially just really lends itself to that, that's very similar to the, the building of a company too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think in those really long days, sometimes I joke, oh, I just, why don't we just make cheese? And then I, you know, I think someone tells me, well, you can't just make cheese, Ashley. It would be like the world renowned cheese that's distributed. And so I think, yeah, there's that love for making and, and making at scale. For sure. Um, well, speaking of making, um, would love to kind of hear a little bit more about you, kind of the role leading up to Lime Loop. Like, what was Ashley up to? What were you doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think going with building, I've always had a passion and a love for problem solving. And over time, that became a very manual way of being very young and figuring how to do that. Um, at one point, I started a jewelry collection when I was young, but I think I set up a whole assembly line with the family. My dad was in charge of tying the knots. My brother was in charge of putting the strings on. And I think that continually evolved and especially spending and being a sponge in the Bay Area that mm-hmm. really progress to a love for technology and how you really um, add that to solve true problems. And so that led to um, where you and I met at Red Clay, where we were actually developing enterprise software to make it easier for brands to develop uh, products. And that's where this kind of idea of really dabbling into this land of how products were shipped um, led to really starting to understand where that evolution would go and really kind of spark this developing a reusable shipper. And, you know, this was 10 years ago. And as that e-commerce really started to grow, had come across it, ironically, in a box. Boxes were piling at my front door. And I think that, you know, really started to trigger that idea of what would that future look like if we could start to replace um, more single-use packages with reusables. Perfect. And uh, which is perfect segue, what exactly is Lime Loop? Yeah, so at at a high level, we're creating an IoT IoT solution for sustainable shipping logistics. And we really look at that as a future of being able to plug into autonomous delivery. So imagine a robot actually delivering your packages. So you no longer need that outside package or a drone arriving in your back door and driving um, those packages. And so we eventually become that data infrastructure that really powers a lot of that autonomous delivery. Love it. And I know for me, one of the things as we've been building Lime Loop that, that I kind of had a, I had no idea what I was doing moment was around recycling. And I, I realized in starting Lime Loop, I had no idea how things were recycled. It was a magical box. You put it out there and then it came back in a new form. And, and really uncovering that has been a huge eye opener and just really reconfirmed why we're doing what we're doing. But is there anything like that where you kind of set out with a hypothesis or you, you thought you understood something and through this journey um, has completely kind of turned that around for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think anyone who says no to that would be completely off in what they're saying in any journey that you go down, especially building a new company, as you get deeper into the problem, new problems arise. And so that's why I think I love it so much, oddly. And especially when you're working in supply chain logistics, there are so 
so much that goes into it. And as you get into that, you realize new things. I think one that we quickly realized, which we were kind of thinking we'd run into consumer behavior change, that, you know, making this shift to actually bringing your boxes out to the recycling bin versus leaving it on your front door would be a large shift. But actually, we found really quickly that people were so delighted by this shift and feeling a relief of guilt. And quickly, as we started working with warehouse management systems, which are a lot of the software that a lot of um, 3PLs and distribution centers use to actually fulfill orders, um, those were all designed for retail, you know, mm -hmm. 150 years ago. Some were up to speed, some were not, some were in the middle. So being able to generate a, a third or a second label actually created more challenges than we ever thought would actually bring up into the yeah. system. And so we continue to run things like that, but the, the beautiful part of us a problem solving team is that constantly look at, okay, can you solve that manually? Can you solve it with, with software? And I think that's the continued fun of, of what we're working on. For sure. Yeah. And you answered my next question, which I feel like people ask me sometimes is why are you a logistics company? Aren't you a packaging company? I think even when you brought the idea to me, I'm like, that sounds great, but why do you need a CTO for reusable packaging? And I think you just hit the nail on the head that the packaging is really, really just one part of it, but we'd love to hear you elaborate on, on kind of the bigger system and the bigger vision for that. Yeah, I mean, I constantly talk to really, really inspiring, smart people within the industry. And as you start to talk about that, we always look at this bigger vision where we all have this kind of coined word that's kind of become a buzzword, which is autonomous delivery and these robots moving around almost back to the Jetsons. And, you know, we're not that far off, but we're still far enough off that 10 years of continuing to build up and do things the way we are, are going to continue to have that double bottom line impact on the environment. And then also really, you know, moving into the profitability of a lot of these brands. So we really looked at this kind of what's that in between mm -hmm. until we get to that true autonomous delivery. And I think that's where I continue to be excited that we're building up to this bigger vision where eventually we, we actually eliminate packaging, which is very exciting. I cannot wait. Um, as literally there's still a pile I, where I think everyone assumes that we don't order online, but it's like, it's, and if anything is the opposite where we are feeling this pain and we are looking for our mm -hmm. own solution as well. Yeah. Um, and I still get so excited when a lime loop package oh, shows yeah. up at the front door in a pile of cardboard boxes. It's just it's such, such a delight. Oh, it stands out in the best, in the best way possible. Um, so one of the things that I, I'm sure you're the same thing when you explain what Lime Loop is, the number one thing is like, oh my God, I love that is number one reaction. Number two reaction is why isn't Amazon doing this? And so um, knowing that that is just kind of a shared reaction, what is, what is really not necessarily standing in the way, but what does it take to scale something like Lime Loop? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the two big things I always say, and I kind of have on my computer when I wake up in the morning is simplify, 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 which brings it back to focus of what we're truly trying to solve, because it is a huge, huge problem and many layers that go underneath that. And then 100 no's equals one yes. You know, you're going to continue to come across the, the people who actually don't understand and um, don't know where that's going. But then the guesses where that collaboration comes in and really starts to bring it to that scale. So by taking those kind of core basics and then building that solid foundation, that's where we can really start to see a scale. 
And then the other part is just the full collaboration of carriers and consumers and also brands to really spearhead this. And that becomes this really incredible vision that we can't wait for is when you go to FedEx or UPS and you drop off a Lime Loop shipper mm -hmm. and then you get to come in behind me and actually grab that shipper and use it for a package as well. I love that. Yeah, I, I feel like I have some like, obviously we have our big goals, but then the smaller goals that I have in my own head are things like when a friend or family member calls me up and gets a package and they haven't ordered something because of me is one of them. <laughs> and then just a lot of the things that we've been seeing already with people posting online, I think that has a lot of testament that people are looking for this solution or excited about the future of it. Um, and those collaborations you mentioned are another one where, where those folks um, are reaching out because they recognize that that future and so that, that you kind of start to see it all start melding together. Um, but the, uh, I don't know if it's 500 pound elephant in the room of this year, uh, that is COVID-19. You know, obviously when we think about e-commerce, we think about packets, um, you can't really think about that this year without thinking about uh, COVID-19. So curious kind of how you see that relationship um, and, and what needs to happen next in, in, in response to it. Yeah, you know, I think what COVID-19 really revealed in supply chain is that we're not clear where all of our supplies sit. And when we have something so critical as COVID and needing immediate health from PPP all the way to basic needs um, like toilet paper and food and water, when you're unaware where that inventory is and where to move it, that's where we really start to show that this is a true uh, critical need as we move forward, especially with e-commerce. And so what we found very quickly, the roadmap that we had developed was accelerated three to five years, mm -hmm. which is what we're seeing with most software companies that we're now living in 2023, yet we have 2019 technology that's built for that. So it's this, um, you know, rapid increase to develop and to push forward. So on one end, it, it's been incredible to be a part of it and to be a part of that solution. I think on the other end, it's just really pulling together as much as possible to work collaboratively to be able to move into 2023. And, and sometimes I think people feel overnight. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And that's been one of the kind of positives through this all too, that these big brands especially have had to figure out how to work almost like a startup and, and change on the drop of a dime. And, and when the suppliers are calling from China that they can't deliver, what does that mean for your next order? And, and so for us, who've been kind of living in that, in that world from the very beginning, um, it's, it's kind of very serendipitous that we're able to come in and provide that solution for, for our sustainability for these brands. It's amazing. Um, so knowing that, you know, we bit off a really big challenge with Lime Loop, as I'm sure, I'm sure we, we can, we've probably explained already. Um, so it's Monday morning. It's cold until you ride. You got to get out of bed and, and get working. What's what's getting you excited? What What's making you really want to get up and start your day? Yeah, I'd say that um, policy. So we work really closely with international brands and then also just watching what's happening with the shifts. And what we've seen abroad is that policy has accelerated environmental kind of action amongst brands and how they're moving forward and how they're all working together to really hit those goals. And I think what has really re-inspired me is this new administration mm -hmm. that's coming in um, in 2021, uh, really being re-inspired from a policy level of yeah. how we actually truly go forward from an environmental and social impact. And then, you know, just day to day is the, the people we work with. I mean, getting 
mm-hmm. up and being able to work with you and just even talk about what, what that future is, but even on a detail level and, and then all the other incredible brands and leaders that we get to work with day to day really continues to inspire. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, and then if we were to backtrack a couple of hours before that, and it's two o'clock in the morning and the mind is racing, what's, what's kind of keeping you up at night? Yeah, I think it's similar, the the policy and where we're going and really making sure that we create this foundation of a future for many generations to come. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes you want that to ho- happen overnight. Mm-hmm. But I think what keeps me up sometimes is questioning, are we doing the right thing? Are we going about this the right way to actually really achieve that goal? And of course, there's a lot of tactical things that come in that. With, okay, do we have enough money to do that? Do we have the team? And um, are they working well together? Are they still happy coming to work every day? But I think that bigger, it, achieving that bigger vision is generally uh, what keeps me up at night. And then, you know, those random nights where you're thinking, oh, it's, should I make a pizza that has, you know, cheese or a new one or those are kind of the, the, good <laughs> the fun ones yeah exactly they feel the same way for some reason at 2 a.m but when you look back on it you're like oh wait that was that's totally fine um well that makes complete sense um so I imagine that after hearing this a lot of folks are going to want to know how to learn more about Lime Loop. can I get a shipper how do I get my favorite brands to switch what what are some of the ways that people can learn more about what we're up to Yes, ask your brands to switch. I think that is one of the most powerful moves right now as a consumer, you can have that demand. But even as the the holidays are almost you know, a week away and we're kicking off to this season of increased shipping. Um, one of the things that we do each year is release the shippers to the public. So our parents, um, our friends, anyone can come to limeloopshop.com and uh, purchase shippers and ship your goods in them. It's an incredible way to be a part of the solution, but then also share what we're up to and what we're doing. And then of course, just always uh, sharing um, on social media and with any and just telling the story is an excellent way to kind of progress what we're up to. For sure. And, um, and you can check the website to see some of the brands that we're working with. Um, and we'll put some additional notes inside the show notes too, for figuring out more ways how you can get those for the holidays. Um, all right, last question. So it's five years in the future. Mm-hmm. Line Loop has hit all of its marks and hit all of its goals. What does the world look like to you? Five years. So I think we're going to be in this brink of, yeah, you have a couple deliveries coming from a drone and Lime Loop will be providing a lot of that data to brands of what's happening. And then this other kind of merge that we've seen over the last three years, which will be, you will be able to go into Target and pick up a Lime Loop shipper and um, return another order and inner ship um, a something to a friend or whatnot. And so you, anywhere you go, you see See these line loop shippers you look in a ups truck instead of all cardboard stacked up you're seeing all these reusable shippers uh, stacked up in the back and then it will be that in between shift where then you'll also see a robot kind of coming behind it and delivering it without a shipper in it so i think five years will be this verge of this shift that we'll start to see as we move into 10 years 15 years i think we'll really start to see a lot of a lot more autonomous delivery I agree. I feel, yeah, I feel like there's going to be like a tipping point, especially as people start to realize that there is an alternative. I'm here in New York City where I see piles and piles of the boxes being delivered outside of the the doorman building and just cannot wait till those are no longer simply use packages. 
Uh, well, thank you so much, Ashley, for, for joining for this first episode. Um, I'm sure that people will have a lot of questions and we'll definitely have you back uh, when I'm a more seasoned professional <laughs> podcaster and, and maybe we'll, we'll turn the script around and you can ask me some questions next time around. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much, everyone. Have a great day. Thank you.